with our hands of faith outstretched to receive, we shall be sustained in our work even under the most forbidding circumstances and shall be enabled to give to others the bread of life. Welcome to Elevate Retake. My name is Michael, and I'm the teaching pastor for Elevate, a community fellowship of Keene Church. On Elevate Retake, you can expect to hear thought-provoking, biblically-based messages that I and some of my friends share. We want you to experience faith as the continual everyday process of learning more about the Bible, ourselves, and about God. And I believe this podcast will be just what you need to come to a closer relationship with God. We're continuing our season, You Gotta Try This. It's an invitation to an experimental and experiential relationship with God. And man, has it been great so far. Thank you so much for listening. Let's turn it over to our host, Danae. Thanks, Michael. Today's episode is Try Abundance. The engaged question is, what does it feel like to not have enough? Key passage here is 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. The key theme is the cadence of America. More, more, more. Enough is enough. The Bible has a lot to say about how we live the abundant life. This is an invitation to an experimental and experiential relationship with God through trying abundance. Guest today, Evelyn Alanis, Elevate lead team member and graduated nursing major of Southwestern Adventist University. So this morning, uh, we are going to be diving into an awesome conversation that I'm super excited about. Me I'm too. thankful to have you, Evelyn, Thank you. here with Thank me. You We're for doing a series. Me. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh, we're doing a series called You Gotta Try This. It's mm-hmm. an invitation for you at home to try out an experimental and experiential relationship with Jesus. Yeah. But before we do that, and before we talk about abundance, I asked you earlier, um, you had mentioned, uh, I gave you a list of things yeah. and you said, I really want to do abundance because I feel like I'm in a, a life of abundance right now. Yeah. And there's a picture I want to put up on the screen for those of you at home that Aww. maybe you can see. Yeah. Evelyn is no longer Evelyn Alany. She's now <laughs> Evelyn Gill. And Danny, her husband, is with her tonight. And you guys just got married about yes, two we weeks did. ago, right? Yes. Right I'm here so in this happy. very stage. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> it was me, Pastor Us, and you two, and yes. we had a COVID-19 wedding. It was so awesome. We're super excited about Thank the abundant you. life. I'm working on putting together an application guide for you got to try this. So oh. um, it's going to be taking um, every single message that we've talked about and kind of breaking it down a little bit more with some practical tools and some tips, some devotional prompts that you at home can apply it to your life. And people can access this, Evelyn. It's crazy on the Internet wow. by going to this is slash try. And when you do that, you give us your email, give us your name, and I'll send that over to you this week. Before we dive into um, the word this morning, into our conversation, Evelyn, would you mind starting off with the word of prayer? Of course. Father, thank you so much for another Sabbath. Thank you so much for another day to praise you and for your presence and for your blessings. Every day we are so undeserving, we fall, but we just got to look up, call at you, take you by the hand, Father, and you pick us right back up. Mm. And thank you so much for loving us. I thank you so much for everybody who is praising you. 
everybody who is giving their life to you, Father. And I ask that you give a little push to those who are scared to reach you. Thank you so much for Pastor Michael and thank you so much for Elevate. And please be with those people who are watching online and their families and everybody that they're praying for in their battles. And I just ask that your angels surround both Pastor Michael and I this morning as we deliver a message that you want to give. Thank you so much for your love. In your name we pray. Amen. The question we started out with today, Evelyn, and I'd love your, your take on this question, is what does it feel like to not have enough? I really liked that video. I feel that they really nailed it. It, it depends what you're asking for. What don't I have enough? If mm-hmm. you start looking at certain things, then I feel that you just might even go into a panic and you'll never have enough, right. you know, and there's just... So much that if you just keep looking on social media, at the news, at other people, at your neighbor, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's scary to feel like you don't have enough. For sure. And we've seen that in our world today. Um, There's this little thing called COVID-19. I don't know if you heard about it. I think you're in there. Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of tired of talking about it, but (laughs) it's a great illustration um, because as soon as the news broke that we're going into lockdown and quarantine and all of that, the single most thing that flew off the shelf the quickest was toilet, toilet paper, paper. <laughs> right? And all of a sudden there's a scarcity of toilet paper. Yeah. And I, you ever needed toilet paper and realized you didn't have enough? That's got to feel <laughs> pretty bad, right? <laughs> but everybody had just went out. We bought up things in stores. All the shelves were empty mm-hmm. because in the United States, we live in a land of abundance. Right. You go to Walmart. You go to HEB here in Texas. Mm-hmm. HEB is better than Walmart. Anyways, they yes. didn't pay me to say that. Uh, <laughs> You go there and stores are always stocked with food, Mm -hmm. but you look at some of the other parts of the world and the stores don't necessarily have the same items lined up. Right. It's a little more sparse. Yeah. And it's normal for them Mm -hmm. that they go and they give you what they can give you. And that's just it. You don't get to pick. Right. But when that happens in the United States, we freak out a little bit. Yeah. Because all of a sudden we don't have enough. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly where we're headed in our passage this morning. It was read a moment ago, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. And that word abundance has struck us. We've studied that this week. That word kind of goes countercultural to the way that we live Mm. in some ways and in some ways not. Okay, I see it. So, question for you this morning, Evelyn, as we dive into scripture, what is the biblical concept of abundance? What do we mean by abundance when we when we use that word and talk about it in this setting? I think if we're just talking about abundance in a normal setting, I think it's having more than enough, having mm-hmm. so much of it that you don't know what to do with it, mm-hmm. you know? But if you want to talk about a biblical setting, I think that abundance is a mindset. Mm. You know, how you look at what you have, that is abundance. Mm -hmm. Do you have God with you? Because he's your provider. Wow. And there's a couple of stories that we want to look at this morning. Uh, Let's go to John chapter 6, first off. Um, If you're following along at home, you can flip there either in your ancient archaic codex we call the Bible (laughs) or flip to it on your phone. It's John chapter 6. Um, the first couple verses in here, it's the story of the feeding of the, the 5,000. And I love this story because it really kind of flips on its head our, our concept of, of 
what we, what we think about abundance and what the mentality that God wants us to bring when we're bringing our all and we're bringing something to him. So I'm going to start off, read a, a couple verses, uh, and then Evelyn, we were talking about this earlier. I'd love to get your thoughts okay. on this particular passage. So after these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Verse 2, a large crowd followed him because they saw the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. Then Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples, and the Passover feast of the Jews was near. And therefore, Jesus, lifting up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming, he said to Philip, where are we to buy bread? so that these may eat. This he was saying to test him, for he himself knew what he was intending to do. And Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, for everyone to receive a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, that Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are these for so many? And Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now, there was so much grass in the place. And so the men sat down and the number was about 5,000. And Jesus then took the loaves and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated, likewise also of the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they were filled, he said to the disciples, gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing will be lost. And it turns out that the disciples actually gathered 12 baskets full. That is crazy. Out of a few loaves and a few fish. Wow. The testimony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is insane. This story is awesome. I feel that every single time I read it, I get, you know, I can't say anything. You know, <laughs> it's just it's, it's there's so much going on behind this. Mm-hmm. First of all, I love that you know in the Bible it says he already knew what he was going to do. Yeah, you know, he he's just trying it out, mm-hmm. and immediately his disciples went into, wait, I don't have enough. Mm-hmm. Instead of, hey, we have something. No, 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 no. They, they freaked out. Hey, we don't have much, you, you know, and in other versions of this story, they even say, just send them away to the nearby town and they can buy themselves food. It's right. okay. We don't have to worry about them, right. you know, and maybe in their minds, they said, you know, maybe we can take the fish or something. You don't know. You know, you're in this scared mentality that you, you don't have enough to feed the 5,000 men. Right. And then and it wasn't just 5,000 right. men. You add in, you could assume that likely the majority of the men were married. Mm. Likely the majority of them had kids. Yeah. So, you know, multiply that by three. You know, you're already at 15,000 people. Not to mention the 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 lowest of the low in the society that weren't the counted. Left out. And then you get about 18,000 to 20,000 people together mm-hmm. and you bet the Roman soldiers are coming around checking up on what the Jews are doing. Because there's so many people. Right. And so it's incredible to think that Jesus, imagine for a moment being there on that side of the mountain and Jesus tells the disciples and in another occurrence, this is found in Matthew 14, Mark 6 and Luke 9. Jesus says, and Johnny asked him the question, but in another place, there's the account that he says, give them to eat. Mm -hmm. And the disciples freak out a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But (laughs) Jesus was trying to work through them the miracle that he was working to perform because he had already provided for them. Five loaves and two fish were hanging out there. He knew it, but they were a little bit scared because of the amount of people. Yeah. Um, There's something that I really like about abundance is um, I read it somewhere. I'm sorry, I'll have to get back to you about where I read it. (laughs) But it's you create more out of what you have. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. You know, and I think that applies beautifully to what you have here. You create more out of giving, mm-hmm. you, you know, out mm-hmm. of appreciating what you have and not being scared of what you don't have enough of. Right. And we're called to give according to what we have. Mm-hmm. God's entrusted us with a certain amount of things. We mm-hmm. call them resources, money, time, right. experience, relationship. And we're called to give according to what we have not according to what we don't. Mm -hmm. And Jesus in this story knew that the disciples had access to five loaves and two fish. And he was waiting for them to have that abundance mentality that's like, well, five loaves and two fish, 20,000 people. I mean, we are following the savior of the world who's the Messiah, who's done some incredible things before. We should probably trust him in this. And he will do something incredible. And I think... Jesus was wanting to work that disciple, that miracle through the disciples as opposed to him working himself. And he yeah. gave the disciples the opportunity, but he, then he turned it and used it as a teaching tool for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel that he does that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, he always wants to give us the opportunity to test our faith. Mm-hmm. How much do we truly believe in God? Mm-hmm. How much do you truly trust him that he's actually taking care of you, right. that you don't get things done by your own means, but right. by his power? Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. There's a, another story that talks exactly to that point of not by my means, but by God's power. Mm-hmm. And that's found in Numbers 13, right? right? So can you take us to the story of yes. the spies? Of course. Of course, of course, of course. I like this story. So Numbers 13, um, this is the children of Israel. They've come out of the wilderness or come out of Egypt. They're hanging out in the wilderness and they're about to cross the Jordan, but something happens. Yeah. So um, before the whole Israelites get there, the Lord says to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So I'm guessing it was a couple of them. So he sends them, right? And they go, if you go to verse 21, so they went up and explored the land from the desert of Zin as they, as far as, Rehob. Rehob, yeah. thank you. Uh, and toward Lebo Hamath. You know, and so they, I'm sure that whenever they were exploring, they went from corner to corner, from side to side, mm-hmm. you know. And then in verse 23, some of my favorites, it was mind blowing. It says, when they reached the valley of Eshkol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes, not two or three, a single cluster mm-hmm. of grapes. And two of them carried it on a pole between them along with some pomegranates and some figs because it was so heavy you know that 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 one cluster of grape was massive Mm -hmm. that just one person just couldn't carry it in their hands like we see when we go to (laughs) HEB you know it was so big and if you google some pictures of this if I googled it and there's these pictures you know I guess some people wanted to be creative and there's two men with this huge pole on their shoulders and this massive a grapevine, you know, mm-hmm. kind of as tall as them because mm-hmm. the grapes were so big. Mm-hmm. And I think that blows my mind because the the land of Canaan was known as the land of... Um, Milk and honey. Yes. Right? It's the promised land. Yes. It's the land that God had told Abraham that he was going to inherit. He told Isaac that he was going to mm-hmm. inherit. He told Jacob, who became Israel, that he was going to inherit it. And throughout scripture, there's this motif of the, the land flowing with milk and honey. That the promised land, Canaan land, is this land that is totally beyond our wildest dreams. And that the land is so fertile that all you need to do is scrape your foot along Mm -hmm. the ground and plant some seeds and it'll grow. And there's 
food beyond your wildest imagination. I mean, I can't even imagine, like, say between the two of us today, mm-hmm. that there's a cluster of grapes that takes us <laughs> bearing a stick. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that's got to be huge. Yeah. And yeah. the children of Israel are on the one side of the Jordan looking into the promised land. They send spies over. And the story goes that all the spies came back and they said, yes, this is our land and we take mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. But they got scared. They did. Yeah. And it says um, here in verse 28, it says, but the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. And so you you can just see um, if you go down um, to... Verse 31 says, but the man who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. Mm. So they completely ignored the fact that God had promised it to them. They completely ignored the fact that God took them purposely out of Egypt. He rescued them Mm -hmm. and told them, hey, I promise you, I'm going to take you to this one land. Completely ignore that. No, 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 no. Because we didn't just walk through an entire sea, you know, because we (laughs) didn't just see all these miracles. Oh, now now we're scared that God won't go through with his promise god sustained us in the wilderness for 40 years yeah and there's a couple of tall strong people over on the cross the river it's like eh. yeah, I, I don't think so i can't <laughs> go up there and take it for me i can't claim it right but there's two guys in the story caleb and joshua mm-hmm. like no we god god's the one that has our back on this god has promised us this land he's promised us the land of abundance the yeah. land flowing with milk and honey so we've got to go take it we've got god's going to provide mm-hmm. a way for that and as we're thinking this morning about abundance versus scarcity, the 10 other spies that went to check out Jordan or check out Canaan, the promised land, they were thinking in their mindset of scarcity. Yeah. They're like, uh, risk, reward. We don't have enough people. We're just kind of these Bedouins out in the middle of the wilderness. We don't have a, an army that's going to mm-hmm. attack. We can't do all that. They're thinking about how much they lack. Yeah. But Joshua and Caleb were like, God's already given it to us. Right. This is how much we could have. Mm-hmm. They were thinking, man, that glass is not only half full, it's flowing overflowing. Over, and we yeah. gotta go pick some of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you can even see these people were really, really scared. They started, I can imagine, you know, those memes or something where like, don't panic, and people are running back and forth. No, 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 <laughs> we're panicking. And these people were like, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. It's mm. just, wow, you really went to that extreme. You were that scared mm-hmm. that you couldn't just look up at God and say, hey, I I, I can do this. Let, let me just pull through. I'll do my end, and I know you'll do yours. Yeah. You know, but like you said, um, uh, Caleb and um, what was the name of Joshua? Joshua, Yeah, they intervened for them and they were talking to God Mm -hmm. while these people were losing their minds. They were like, no, 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 no. Hey, we have to pull through for them because you you made them a promise and God forgave them. And God said, you know what? You're right. I'm going to pull through. Right. And at the end of the day, as we're applying this story to our lives, often we think about abundance as having everything. Mm -hmm. But we don't necessarily need to have everything to have God's abundance applied to our life. Oh, yeah. Because God is everything. Right. What more could you need when you have God? Yeah. Abundance is where you find yourself in the place where you need God. That there's no way you're getting to the promised land but for God. Yeah. You can't turn away from that because the promise has been given. And that, it's difficult sometimes. 
It is difficult, but when you achieve it, um, uh, whenever we went to Colorado on this one project, mm-hmm. um, this really cool guy, Tim, he, he, he gave a message kind of around abundance too. Mm-hmm. And he said that living in abundance is an, um, an abundance mentality is a revolution. Mm-hmm. And just how you were saying right now about how um, y- you know you won't have everything because yeah. this is kind of the life that is being presented to us left and right on the media. You know, oh, this person is going here. These persons are traveling here. They got this car or they're in this school. And, you know, I, you know, it's everything that you all of a sudden don't have if you just put on some certain website on your phone. But if you just live according to how God wants to live, yeah. you know, how he presents life to you, mm-hmm. because all of a sudden you're, you're not living life according to how the world wants you to live it. Mm-hmm. Scraping and pushing others to get to the top. Yeah. All of a sudden it's you at the bottom, you with God, because at the end of the day, God lifts you up. Yeah. God lifts those who are in humility, you know, helping those around you because, hey, that's not the goal to have so much money in your bank account to have mm-hmm. all these things it's yeah. why it's so unnecessary right because first of all it's not yours right yeah. so it's and jesus says in in matthew chapter 6 and it was quoted in our intro video this morning he says matthew chapter 6 verses 19 through 21 do not store up for yourselves treasures on this earth mm-hmm. where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where the moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right. And in the United States in particular, we serve consumerism sometimes, uh, a lot of the time. Yeah. I am defined by what I'm able to buy, mm-hmm. what I'm able to wear, mm-hmm. what I'm able to own. That is the American dream. Yeah. What am I able to amass around myself that shows who I am? Mm-hmm. And there's a study done. It's quoted in the book, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Uh, and Pastor Johnny mentioned it last week in our discussion on the Sabbath. Uh, there's a study done that the about the time that money starts to no longer have an appeal, you know, you think, oh, if I just had more money, I'd be more satisfied. It's at about $75,000 is the cutoff that an amount of money makes you feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. Anything after that, you're never going to be satisfied with. And it's also interesting to think that sometimes we think, oh, poor, poor, woe is me. Um, Maybe I'm a poor, broke college student. Um, The bills are stacking up. I'm just impoverished and poor. If you make more than $25,000 in a year, you are within the top 10% of the wealthiest people in the world. That is crazy. And if you even make $35,000, you're within the top 5%. Wow. And it's only the... 0.01, 0.01, whatever percent <laughs> of the people that make the six, seven, eight figures. And we think that that's the dream. Well, we realize that we're actually living lives of abundance, but it's what we do with our abundance. It's mm. what we do with what God has given us that defines who we are. Right. Yeah, most definitely. And God loves a cheerful giver. He mm. and, and most of his stories, he's always encouraging those. And you can see in, in Malachi verse... I mean, chapter three, mm-hmm. verse 10, where he talks about giving some tithes. So if you just turn with me really quick to Malachi. It's in the Old Testament, kind of yes. back away from uh, right before Matthew. Yes. Three, verse 10. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. 
and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. So he says, come at me, try me, and I will open up these floodgates and you will have more than you can ever imagine. And you, and you won't know what to do with it. Yeah. And I think that is the mindset that we, we have to be in because what we have is not ours. Right. So may, maybe if we try that mentality of, mm-hmm. you know, okay, this money that I just got from my paycheck is not really mine. Maybe it'll be easier to give. Hey, maybe the food in in my fridge is not mine. Maybe I can share it with a neighbor. Right. Maybe I can share it to that one person at church who's always sitting by themselves. Mm-hmm. You, you know, instead of just saying, "Oh, they're by themselves. I I hope they they go with someone today." Right. You know, just just going that extra step and sharing what you have, opening your hand, mm-hmm. you know, to give cuz my dad told me, and that's something that I always re- remember from my dad. How do you expect to give? when you have your hand closed, mm, you know? Yeah. And that's something that always stayed with me because I guess my dad tried to instill this story in me because he'd give me like a couple M&Ms or something and I'd close my hand and I'd run away and then either my brother or my mom would be, hey, can I have one? Yeah. And I'd say, no, <laughs> they're mine. I'm not going to share with you my chocolate. Right. And then whenever they finally convinced me, I'd open up my hand and they'd take one, but my dad would give me like a couple more. Uh. You know, and so that's when he would just remind me, hey, you know, Mm -hmm. whenever you grow up and you're able to put something, you know, give something back, do it. Don't be scared that you're going to run out because God is your provider. And the Bible says you're more blessed to give than to receive. Yeah. And we hold our our gifts and our talents Mm -hmm. and our resources so tightly that we don't receive the blessing of sharing that with others. Yeah. And it reminds me uh, of a quote from the book Desire of Ages. Um by a lady. She's pretty cool. Her name is uh, Ellen White. You should read her if you haven't checked her out. Auntie Ellen. Auntie Ellen. Um, <laughs> she says, um, this is page 369, and I'll kind of, it's, it's her commentary on the story of John chapter 6. Uh, she says, often we hesitate unwilling to give all that we have, fearing to spend and to be spent for others. Mm-hmm. But Jesus has been bidden us, give ye them to eat. His command is a promise, and behind it is the same power that fed the multitude beside the sea. We can impart, this is page 370, we can impart only that which we receive from Christ and we can receive only as we impart to others. Thus, we may be constantly believing, trusting, receiving, and imparting. And here's where it ties in to your point, Evelyn. If we go to the source, this is page 371, if we go to the source of all strength, with our hands of faith outstretched to receive, we shall be sustained in our work even under the most forbidding circumstances and shall be enabled to give to others, the bread of life. That is crazy. And that is true because we're just the vessels, not the provider. Mm-hmm. So if we're thinking that we're going to be, oh, well, how am I going to provide for all these people? How am I going to provide for people who need me? How am I going to provide mm-hmm. in a time of need? Well, hey, you're not providing. That's not what God called us to do. He called right. us to move. Right. He, you know, he called us to just give what mm-hmm. we can share. Yeah. And, he, and I'm thinking of how, this all ties in between the story of scripture. And we finished a series on Abraham called Wandering just a few weeks ago. And it's at the beginning of Abraham's call that God tells Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And, you know, I think it'd be cool if it just stopped right there. Like, sweet, Abraham's going to be blessed. Yeah. But then God says, the reason I'm blessing you is so that you can be a blessing for someone else. Right. And the crazy thing about all this is, is that we serve a God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, 
who paves his streets with gold. Yeah. Doesn't pave them with pavement. Imagine if Keene's streets were paved with gold. It would be so smooth, no more potholes or anything, right? <laughs> we, it's, driving a Keene is a constant reminder that we live in a world that's not our own, that we long for a new home where the streets yeah. are paved of gold. But if God uses gold, a precious stone, something that goes for quite a bit of money in our society, if he uses gold to pave his streets, how much more is he doing in our lives? Right. He's the one that owns the universe. He's the one that created Amen. the universe. And we're just stewarded with this little postage stamp. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we set up a fence around our little postage stamp of our apartment or our house or our bank account or whatever it is. And we set up a fence and padlocks and, and armed guards, dogs, and barbed wire and everything else. We say, no money is getting out. Anything that comes in and I'm going to be meticulously accounting <laughs> for it as it goes out. Yeah. God says, no, that's not my way. My way of abundance is a revolution, as right. you pointed out. It's counterculture to the way that the world operates. And if you live from the perspective of abundance, you will always have enough. Yeah, it's awesome. And then it also points me back to 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And, mm -hmm. and there's just a testimony in giving. Mm -hmm. You know, when you give to others, you're not only pleasing God, but you give to someone. And what, what is that person who truly needs is saying Absolutely. like wow thank god you know they end up praising god and then you please god and god gives you more and then you praise god for and then it's just a chain of reaction it's just like when, when you go to starbucks and the person in front of you pays for your drink yeah. and then you get all excited and you pay for the person behind you and it's just a chain of reaction yeah. and i think that that's how we should be give, mm -hmm. living and there is this other verse in psalms uh 37 mm -hmm. and 25 it says i was young and now I, I am old yet i have never seen the righteous forsaken or their child that their children begging yeah. they are always generous and lend freely their children will be a blessing wow. wow if you look around everybody has abundance yeah it's just that mindset yeah. Maybe that person has something different than, than what you have, but that's because their purpose is different. Right. They're reaching different people than who you are reaching. Mm -hmm. God has given you a different talent. It's okay to have different, but the one thing in common, the mm -hmm. one thing that we all have is God, who mm -hmm. is the utmost provider, the one who owns everything. Right. So we all have everything because yeah. our goal here is to go to heaven, eternal mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. So that's why we should be working together. Hey, you need someone here? Here. Yeah have some more because we're going and yeah. we're going together. Right. So as we finish our conversation this morning, uh, we want to turn to application. We've got some things written down here. How can the people at home that are, are watching right now, they've, they've seen us study scripture. They've been a part of the dialogue. Uh, some of them have sent in questions. Evan, how, how do we practice abundant living? How do we take this abundance mentality and this week practically apply what God is showing us. It's not going to be easy if you want to try it on your own, because I know I've been there. <laughs> but I really recommend you to cast your worries on God. Hmm. Ask for peace. That's one thing that you always have to do. And the one thing that I, I always practice when I feel that I don't have enough. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes I feel that it happens more often that, that, than it should, just because you do see everything that's happening around you, yeah. you know, but I always ask for peace. Even if I, if I can't ask for God, Hey, give me all this by tomorrow, because I know that's not realistic. Just, yeah. ask, just give me peace because I know that you're in control. Mm -hmm. And once you're in control, I just give everything back to God. And he, and that's what he's waiting for. You it's know? no he, longer mine. Yeah. It's not, I don't have to worry about it because 
that student loan, that's yeah. God's. If it's his will, it's his bill. That car that keeps breaking down, that's his. That yeah. debt that I've gone into to provide for my family and care for it, that's his. Yeah. The money that I've set aside to, to feed the poor or help out the church by giving, giving my tithes and offerings, that's totally his. Yeah. And when I give that back to God, I can have peace because yeah. he's the one in control. God's in control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the second thing that I would tell you guys, or do you want to share this one? You go for it. Okay. Look for one way this week to give with radical abundance. Just Mm. just if you're driving and you see someone at the side of the street, you Mm -hmm. know, who just needs help, you know, practice your safe distancing, you know, just (laughs) help them in any way that you can. Or if you know that a family member or if a neighbor is struggling, Mm. even when it's a a sweets basket or something, just practice giving abundantly. And lastly, this morning, we want to invite you to ponder what it means for your possessions to not be your own. How would it change your habits to make that recognition? To say, my money's not mine. The the things that I own aren't mine. My computer's not mine. My phone's not mine. Would that change how you use it? That change how you allocate your money, what you spend on? I don't know. We encourage you this morning to think about it. And in all of this, this morning is an invitation to try abundance, abundance, to try that mentality, that thing beyond scarcity, the one that says, God, you're the one that's in control. So this morning, you're watching at home, you're listening to the podcast later on, I encourage you to try abundance. Test God and see how God will pour out into your life abundantly beyond all you could ask, think, or imagine. Amen. Abundance is a mindset. If you didn't know what else was out there and available to you, would you ever think that you didn't have enough? Now, I majored in public relations and advertising in college, uh, but when you go to an Adventist institution or a Christian one, you know, they teach kind of the right and the correct way to advertise something where you pick a positive attribute and then you shine a light on it. But advertising in the world is all about getting ahead. It's about creating a need somebody didn't know that they had and then being the one to fill that need. Advertising is very genius in this way. Well, abundance doesn't only have to do with money, though. It also has to do with giving of yourself, giving of your time. Time is expensive, especially when you have lots to do. And giving your time to somebody who is in need is another way of giving out of your abundance. Now, it can be hard to share emotional energy with someone who is so depleted. But when we give ourselves out of the abundance that God has given us, he fills us up in so many ways than we could ever imagine. So try abundance because it's not really anything that we have in and of ourselves. It's abundance that comes from God through us in an experiential, experimental relationship with him. If you know somebody who might benefit from listening to this podcast, please share it. Thank you for listening. Elevate Retake is recorded weekly at Elevate a community fellowship of King Church. Our audio is captured by Blake Snyder. Sound design and editing are done by Shane Miosi and Inspire Productions. Our executive producers are Michael Gibson and Jonathan Coker. Our team includes Evelyn Alanise, Candice McCormick, Semu Segola, Alethea Galvin, Emily Weaver, and Issa Manu. Special thanks to Danae Sanji and 88.3 The Journey, and the King Church media team. You can find Elevate Retake on Instagram at Elevator Take. For more about Elevate Community Fellowship, visit thisiselevate.org. 
Currently, our services are live streamed every Saturday morning at 1015 a.m. at thisiselevate.org forward slash live. We'd love to have you join us. There's always room for one more.